Part One, Chapter Nine of Garcia Moreno by Augustine Burke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. A Voice from Exile, eighteen fifty three, eighteen fifty four. A true hero is one who carries out the noble task set before him as fully in adversity as in prosperity. Garcia Moreno carried out this chivalrous character so completely that instead of lamenting over his own miseries, he thought of nothing but of the best means of still helping his unfortunate countrymen. His escort led him to Pasto, the first port on the territory of New Granada, and there the governor threw him and his companions into prison. From such men the worst was to be expected. Garcia Moreno took advantage of a moment when he was not watched and favored by the darkness of the night escaped from prison into the country. After having wandered about for some time without knowing which way to take, he asked a peasant whom he met on the mountains to act as his guide towards the capital of Ecuador. Unhappily, this poor fellow was bitten by a viper and could not go on, so that Garcia Moreno, exhausted with fatigue and almost dying with hunger, only arrived in the middle of the night at one of the solitary tambos or huts in the midst of the forest. Here nothing was to be had but the remains of a chicken, and it was a Friday. Garcia Moreno would not break the laws of the church even in this extremity, and contented himself with a little flour and milk, which a peasant woman gave him. A few days later he re-entered Quito secretly, and took counsel with some of his friends. But they told him that though the public indignation against Urbina was very great, there was as yet no open resistance. Then he went on to Guayaquil, where he found the same state of things, so that feeling it was useless to remain in the midst of his enemies, he determined to wait for better times and set sail for Peru. He soon had a consoling proof, however, of the effect of his protest on public opinion. The inhabitants of Guayaquil, in spite of the fury of the government, unanimously elected him as a representative in the Senate, which was virtually a recall from exile, as according to one of the laws of the Constitution, the persons of senators were inviolable. Garcia Marina accordingly took his seat in the chamber on the appointed day. But the governor of Guayaquil, a mere drunken tool of Urbina's, named Robles, defying all law and precedent, seized the newly elected senator by main force, dragged him from the Senate House, and after a few days of detention on board a man-of-war, threw him on the shores of Peru, in the little harbor of Peta. Not content with this audacious violation of the law, the Democracia, which was the political organ of Espinel, one of Urbina's principal ministers, promulgated the most infamous calumnies against Garcia Moreno, declaring that he had bribed the officers of the army to bring about a revolution, and many other things. But although their victim had been cast on a sandy desert plain, where there seemed no resource but despair, they forgot he still had his pen. He instantly set to work and wrote a pamphlet entitled La Verdad a Mis Calumniandoras, The Truth to My Calumniators, which appeared on November 17, 1853, and in which he first exposed the character of his calumniators, Espinel and Urbina, taken from their own words against each other, which showed them to be not only morally but openly infamous, and then, answering one by one the accusations against himself and proving them to be gratuitous lies, he gave the real reasons for his expulsion and exposed a number of secret and nefarious money transactions of which he had become cognizant, without either sparing names or persons. We may easily imagine the effect of this pamphlet upon the people of Ecuador. In spite of the vigilance of the police, it flew through the capital and the provinces with such rapidity that the government thought itself bound to try and answer it. 
but on march fifteenth eighteen fifty four came another number of the verdad more overwhelming even than the first the pretended explanations were dissected and proved to be false a formal denial again given to the accusation of bribery espinel showed up as a liar and an impostor and the shameful expeditor of public money exposed by fact which could not be denied the pamphlet was concluded in these words i would forgive my enemies all the harm they have ever done me if they were only laboring for the good of my country instead of adding every hour to her ruin and disgrace they seem to imagine that divine providence will sanction for ever the prostitution of our altars the destruction of our children's faith but do not let them deceive themselves the sharp sting of misery will at last rouse the people from their numbness a cry of fury will burst from every breast then will come the hour of god's justice when this horde of tyrants will be overthrown before long he who would find urbina will have to look for his tomb in the field reserved for parricides and infamous criminals in truth garcia moreno foresaw the day of deliverance for his people he felt that some time or other the reign of iniquity must cease and that he should be called upon then to fight for his country not with the pen only but with the sword he resolved therefore to consecrate this time of forced inaction to preparing himself for this supreme struggle and as in the desert of peta nothing could be done he determined once more to cross the seas and seek an asylum in france towards the month of december eighteen fifty four accordingly he embarked for panama and a month after arrived in paris End of part one, chapter nine.